listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. Love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome in, everybody. Thanks for joining us along with Zach Barletta. I'm Rick Benson. Welcome to the Beyond the Game program, talking sports from a faith-based point of view, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. at sports talk, as we like to say, without all that trash talk. The program is recorded in the BTG studio in Rochester, New York, and today we have a full show for you. Coming up later, we're going to talk with Paul Doc Waller. Doc is the president and founder of the Christian Sports Medicine Alliance. We're going to talk to him about his faith, about the ministry that he has there, a rather unique ministry through sports medicine. But first, Zach, why don't you come ahead with this week's shenanigan statements, and we'll get right into the program. All right, number one, with a report this past weekend that NFL owners want an 18-game season, truth or shenanigans, the NFL will move to 18 games instead of 16. Yeah, I agree with the statement. I think it's inevitable. They've been talking about it for a while. I I think that's something that ownership desperately wants to see. I don't know how necessary it is. I I like a 16-game schedule. What I really don't like is the four preseason games. So if you make that trade, I guess I'm good with it. But yeah, I think it'll happen. I did see an interesting report where I think it was the Denver Broncos proposed maybe a 17-game schedule and each of the players uh, would be would have to sit out for one game, maybe maybe it was even two games if they go to the eighteen game schedule. So you could only suit a certain number of players each time. Not every player would be eligible for all eighteen games. I thought that was interesting. I thought that gives a lot of room for negotiation with the players' association. But whether it's seventeen, whether it's eighteen. Uh, it's almost certainly one would think have to involve less preseason games. Yeah, I think this is going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to say shenanigans to this one. Uh, I understand, you know, they want to make more money. First of all, to play three to four preseason games and then 18 games, that's a lot of wear and tear. You think about how short football careers are and how uh, physically intense the game is. Uh, I don't think there's any way that that could happen. You're going to have to then probably remove two of the preseason games to make room for the regular season games, but they charge regular season prices a lot of times for the preseason games. So I I don't see that they're really making any more money than they were before. Plus, from a player safety perspective, you can't ask these guys to go through two more games of this sort of physical grind shorten their careers, risk injury to an even greater extent. Uh, I just don't think you can do it, especially with unguaranteed contracts. So um, I just look at it, and I think that's not anything that realistically could happen. Well, you could be right. You make some great points. I just think it's something that ownership has talked about so often. And you tend, you know, when you read the sports pages and you listen to sports radio and you hear the same things over and over it just sort of tends to eventually happen, and I think that's where we are with this expansion thing. But again, you make some great points. You might be right. Number two, 
Los Angeles Chargers superstar running back Melvin Gordon told the team this past week he won't report to training camp without receiving a contract extension and he will demand a trade if no extension is reached before the season and is apparently prepared to sit out the season if need be, a la Le'Veon Bell. So truth or shenanigans, Melvin Gordon will remain with the Chargers. What say ye, Zach? I say truth to this one. Um, in a lot of cases, you would probably see the player get dealt. But if you look at the Chargers, uh, Phillip Rivers is not getting any younger. Uh, they are a team that's built to contend for a Super Bowl right now. Uh, the other running backs on the roster, Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler, are little guys. They're not built to take a pounding and and, and uh, be a workhorse back like Melvin Gordon is. Um, I don't see how they could go out and acquire a starting running back at this point, you know, just a week or so before camp starts. So, uh, look, I think they're motivated to get a deal done. I think they'll find a way to get a deal done. Uh, it's not been a secret. Uh, Melvin Gordon said back before Le'Veon Bell signed his contract that he wasn't in a rush to sign his because he was going to wait to see what Le'Veon Bell got. So the Chargers, I feel like, had to have known that this was coming. Uh, I think... The fact that they did nothing back then sort of says, all right, they are prepared to pay him. And I know their owner is notoriously cheap and they've had rookie first rounders miss games because of contract issues. But I think ultimately something gets done here. I'm with you on this. I agree with the statement pretty much for the same reasons you said. I think the Chargers need him more than he needs the Chargers. How much bad press can the Chargers actually deal with? I mean, after leaving San Diego and the debacle that that was, they got to put fannies in the seats, and he's a guy that can do it for them. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they need him a lot more than he needs them. Number three, the Boston Red Sox are done making moves after their trade for starter Andrew Kashner. No, I say shenanigans. The Red Sox aren't done. They need a lot more help than Andrew Kashner can give them. And I don't mean that to say that they need a lot of help because the Red Sox are a very, very good ball club. And I believe at the end of the day, they're going to be there. It's just that Andrew Kashner, I don't think, is the difference maker. And I think they have to plug a couple of holes. So, no, I, I, I don't think they're done. I think there's a little bit more for them to do. I think they've got to have something else coming up um, just because Andrew Kashner is not very good. Uh, yeah, their fifth starter has been a bit of a problem area for them, and that's what he's going to be. But... He's no great shakes. A little over a month ago, his ERA was somewhere north of five. So he's had a nice month and a week or so. Uh, but, look, he's not that good. I don't think he's somebody they want to be handing the ball to down the stretch run in September when they're trying to get into a wild card spot. So uh, they've also said they're not going to spend a lot of money. So putting him in the fifth spot enables them to keep Nathan Navaldi in the bullpen like they've said they want to do. Um, I don't know that there's a big move coming, but I think there's enough holes on this team that there's going to be something. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to a guy who's using sports medicine to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people all around the world. Doc Waller, the Christian Sports Medicine Alliance. He's coming up next, our conversation with him right after this. I'm Benson, he's Barletta. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. 
And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer, because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler, and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Welcome back to the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. Christian Sports Medicine Alliance is a sports ministry which uses sports medicine to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all throughout the world, really. Joining us now via the BTG phone line is the president and founder of CSMA, Paul Waller, better known as Doc. Doc, welcome back onto the program, and thanks so much again for joining us. Rick, thank you so much for having me again. It's been a, it's been a while, but it's always good to be back on with you. I want to get right into it. I want to ask you about some soccer injuries. We all know the reputation soccer players have, of course, for flopping. But at the same time, lately, I've seen a number of players at least getting checked out because of a head injury. How prevalent are head injuries in soccer? And do you think it's something that we overlook because football tends to get all the attention? Well, you know, it's funny. I was, uh, when we were getting ready for this interview, I, you know, was doing some research and, um, you know, I follow multiple uh, entities that, that do stuff to specialize in concussions. And I've been working a lot with soccer. I live in Frisco, Texas. It's um, the home of FC Dallas, the MLS pro team. And, and I've been the last six, seven months, I've been working with their um, developmental academy boys side. And uh, we haven't had a whole lot of boys sustain concussions while I've been here this time around. But we, we see a lot more girls sustaining, um, having concussions than boys. And that's just across the board. That is, uh, really mainly in high school and middle school. Um, I was reading a, uh, article the other day that, um, says that more girls are sustaining concussions than boys. And they believe that one of the reasons is, is because of the lack of development physically at that age that girls have compared to boys. I mean, they, they just don't develop fast, faster, fast, as fast as boys do. Boys are stronger. Um, boys, um, you know, they just, they just are. And so what they're saying basically is if girls can um, work on their upper body strength, work on their, their physically developed, um, physically developing their bodies, that will not necessarily prevent concussions, but it possibly could minimize or you would have less of them. Um, you know, the, the headbands the, 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 that the girls and, the, and some boys are wearing, um, and a lot of them wearing them after they've had sustained the concussion when they come back to play and have their return to play 
those don't work. There's really not any concrete evidence that suggests that those types of tools, those 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 apparatuses, uh, benefit whatsoever. So, you know, we're seeing a lot more concussions. But I think, to be honest with you, as an athletic trainer, that that's what we are trying. We train in that. We we train in in how to evaluate them and and notice them. That's probably the reason. That's one of the reasons why we may be seeing more of them because we're more aware of it. Um, our education's a lot better. We're educating parents a lot better. We're educating coaches a lot better. Um, as athletic trainers, we're more educated. We have more resources, more tools at our disposal now than we did, say, 10, 15 years ago. And we're able to handle them a lot better. I'm asking about soccer specifically because our community here in Western New York is really a hotbed for the sport, especially among the youth divisions. And from what I observe, Many players just run out in the field and start kicking the ball around. They don't stretch. They don't mm-hmm. do anything. Are there some precautions mm-hmm. that young soccer players should take to prevent injuries before taking the field? <laughs> I'm actually sitting here watching uh, one of our developmental academies team, uh, one of our FC Dallas DA teams in practice right now, and I know half the kids on this team, and probably one of the best, some of the best athletes at this at this age group in the country. And um, they stress they do have each team with FC Dallas has a sports performance specialist that works with them. They that takes them through their active warm up, um, takes them through their strength training. So I think a lot of it has to do with that. That who is you know from from what we do, who is watching your kids, who's taking care of your kids, and the the club teams and the club sports and even developmental academies up in your area. If they don't have athletic trainers on site especially for, for games and tournaments, we'd love to have them there for practices too, but you're really, you're, you're not, um, you're not setting them up for success. I mean, you're really hurting them because, um, you know, that's what we're trained for. We can, we can assess those, those uh, issues and um, give suggestions and help and educate the coaches preventing those types of types of injuries, because you're right. Some of, some of these kids, especially at the club level, they just kind of get out there and just go at it. And there's not any, um, um, structure to what I call pregame uh, before they actually start playing. We're talking with Doc Waller here on the Beyond the Game program. He's the president and founder of Christian Sports Medicine Alliance. You can follow them on Twitter at TweetCSMA. Look them up on Facebook. They have fabulously informative posts. And everything you're saying makes a lot of sense. I know many schools are now sending athletic trainers with their athletic teams, but uh, some would say that it's just not in the budget to have a trainer. How would you respond to that? We have a saying, and it's pretty much universal uh, across the country. If you cannot afford an athletic trainer, then you can't afford an athletic program. Mm. Pretty much uh, cut and dry. We're healthcare providers. Our, uh, our training, our education, our background, our passion, our mission is the health and welfare of the athlete, whether they're in the high school, middle school, club level, travel teams, you know, whatever. Our whole purpose in doing what we do is to make sure that the athlete is taken care of medically and that their health and their welfare and their well-being is um, is our first priority. So that whole uh, notion of, well, we can't afford an athletic trainer. Well, you can. You can afford multiple coaches for your football team. You can, you can afford all these other coaches to be on your staff that you can't afford an athletic trainer, then what, what, what are you going to do? That's my question to the coaches. What are you going to do if something happens 
to your athletes that you're not trained in to take care of. That's what we do. So there's ways that you can that you can get an athletic trainer um, to take care of your athletes, whether it's working with your local hospitals that have a sports medicine department. Uh, you know, we our hospital that I work for here in, in, in Texas in Dallas Fort Worth area, we cover like six thousand events per year. Wow. With uh, yeah, with contract athletic trainers, we cover hockey, we cover everything. You you name it. I mean, I've gone all the way to covering Ultimate Frisbee, which is, by the way, one of the greatest sports I've ever covered in my life. It's so much fun. But, um, you know, that's just – there's ways that to, that to get an athletic trainer to your events, to your practices, to your games. You just have to you just have to, you just have to want it. And that's one of our goals and our, and our missions is to educate the, the community, the parents, the community, the coaches, the administrators that um, – if you can't afford an athletic trainer, there's no reason why you should be able to afford an athletic program. Once again, we're talking with Doc Waller of Christian Sports Medicine Alliance at Tweet CSMA. Can you take a few moments and tell us about the ministry side of what you do with CSMA? Absolutely, yeah. Christian Sports Medicine Alliance, uh, was uh, we started that in 2009. We have been in ministry for uh, 10 years, I guess. Yeah, 10 years. Um we have gone pretty much all over the world. We've gone to the Philippines. We've gone to Africa. We've made several, several trips to um, Bethlehem and the Holy Land. Um, we're looking at long-term, possibly long-term uh, strategic uh, ministry opportunities at Bethlehem University. Um, right now, our main focus, to be honest, our main focus is Central America. We, ha- I have been to um, working quite uh, extensively in the country of Belize and Honduras. And we're working with the, um, in Belize, we're working with the Football Federation of Belize. And in Honduras, we're working with the Olympic um, Committee and one of the local universities there. What reason why we wanted we picked Central America is because Central America is easy to get in and out of for our volunteers, um, cost effective. And it's just, uh, it's a, it's a hotbed because there's actually nothing going on in the way of sports medicine in these countries that we have seen. And, um, you know, as, as healthcare providers, as athletic trainers, and which is just one component of the entire umbrella of sports medicine, our, um, our uh, mission is to expand our profession. Christian Sports Medicine Alliance obviously has the ultimate mission of expanding the kingdom. And we use our platform, our skills, to develop those relationships with those people in those countries, uh, with the, the local um, um, governments, the organizations, the federations that we're working with, to provide them with the education, um, the equipping them with the resources, um, and serving them. Um, we've been given space, a facility in both countries to open up the very first sports medicine clinic, provide them with a service, provide them with uh, volunteers that will go in and do assessments and uh, treatments and rehab and education clinics, teaching CPR, first aid, uh, um, establishing um, something that, uh, you know, with, you know, we're talking about concussions, uh, doing baseline testing in these countries, establishing concussion protocols in these countries, and just really using that entire, our entire profession to um, share the gospel. It's a really, really good opportunity. We're trying to you know, Rick, we're trying to raise money right now to um, get the proper equipment into these two facilities that we have in both these countries. 
So we really would love your listeners if they would be um, mindful and pray about possibly supporting our efforts in Belize and Honduras. They can go to our website at christiansportsmed.org and uh, click on the Central American Sports Medicine Campaign and uh, read about what we're wanting to do and what we feel like God has called us to do. But most importantly, help us through our gifts and our skills take the gospel of Jesus Christ to these countries and to um, impact the lives of athletes, impact the lives of, the lives of these coaches, these administrators, these physicians that are in these countries that possibly do not know Jesus. And we have a way of reaching them because we're like-minded and um, and caring for those uh, individuals. Mm. How is it that, let me ask you about you personally, how did you first uh, identify your need for Christ and become a believer in Jesus? Mm. Yeah, that was way back. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I just turned 50 this year, so that was way back. I am born and raised in Texas. Um, I was born, I was uh, raised in the uh, Southern Baptist Church and um, part of a program within the um, Southern Baptist um, denomination was called uh, Royal Ambassadors. And uh, went to a uh, an RA camp. Uh, I can't. It's been it's been so it's been so long ago. It's been a long time. Probably I guess back when I was probably seven, eight, nine years old. Went to an RA camp and um, was presented the gospel by one of our camp counselors. And 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 then and just really realized then at that early age that who I was at that point in time, which was a sinner, and that I needed a savior and I accepted Christ um, as my savior. And it's been a, it's been a journey. I'll put it to you that way. It has been a journey. Obviously in, in the journey of a, of a Christian, um, there is some, some hard times or some rocky roads. There's some uphill battles. There's some valleys There's some peaks, um, mountaintop experiences. There's all of it. Um, but obviously I would not change in a thing that um, the Lord has brought me, um, that has led me through on this journey, this faith walk. To hear your testimony of coming to Christ through a camp experience, I, I often wonder how many people come to Christ through camps or some sort of weekend retreat or, or summer camp. Mm -hmm. That number has got to be amazing. It is. And, you know, Rick, the thing that, you know, I've, the older I've gotten, one, the one thing that I, I regret, I guess, if I had to say regret, is I didn't have anybody growing up necessarily discipling me because I believe that, that once you believe in who Jesus is and you confess and you accept him for who he is in our lives and who he was and who he is, that there's got to be somebody that can come alongside you and fulfill that extra part of the great commission, which is making disciples. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, I really didn't, I didn't really have anybody that, I, you know, that helped me, that discipled me, that, that challenged me, that sat with me until later in life. And um, it was at my first high school, my principal of all people, the people that the guy that hired me at my my very first high school. I was there for almost, I was there for a little over four years. And for three, almost four years while I was there, he and I met every single week and he discipled me. He helped me grow. He helped me learn how to study the word and how to apply that to my life. You know, I believe that if I had that man in my life, that I, I don't know if if my faith journey would be at it, where it is right now. Um, so um, I think discipleship is so key. 
And that is one thing that we want to do on our projects is we want to not just go in for one week and then leave. We want to be there sustainable. We want to be there long-term, helping the athletes and discipling them and reaching them and sharing the Christ with them on a consistent basis. Well, man, that's a great word on the power of discipleship and how important it is. Before we let you go, how can we pray for you? Well, just, you know, pray for, you know, obviously pray for me as, as the, the leader of this organization that I'll continue to be obedient. But, uh, you know, most of all, we just we need partners. I would love for your for your, some of your listeners to you know, to reach out to me or just partner with us financially or through prayer or volunteering, uh, you know, spreading the word up in the up, up in your area. You know, that's really basically how you can help us and pray for us and be a part of what we're doing. Once again, give us that website or how our listeners can get a hold of you should they want to partner with you if God calls them to get involved in Christian Sports Medicine Alliance. Yep, you can uh, you can always follow us on Twitter at Tweet CSMA. Um, we have a Facebook page. It's, it's Christian Sports Medicine Alliance. We're po- constantly posting educational content on yeah, good stuff, you know, injuries and I mean, there's we really have. There's been a, we've been really trying to be more uh, proactive about that and posting a lot of stuff on there, uh, um, just educational material. Um, our website is uh, ChristianSportsMed.org. You can email me directly if you would like at paul at christiansportsmed.org and uh, just, you know, kind of share with me what's what's going on in your life. If you want to get involved in some way, just let me know. Paul, thanks so much for joining us here once again on the Beyond the Game program, and, and I wish you all the best, and we'll be praying for your ministry. Thank you, Rick. I appreciate it. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. That's Paul Waller of Christian Sports Medicine Alliance at Tweet CSMA on Twitter or check them out at ChristianSportsMed.org. That's ChristianSportsMed.org. We're running low on time, but Zach, we got to end the show with you like that. And I have a hunch that this week we're going to have the very same one. So why don't you go first? What I liked this week was the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim's combined no-hitter. It was their first home game since uh, their pitcher Tyler Skaggs tragically passed away. Uh, on July 1st, the team, the entire team was wearing his his jersey number 45. And on that night that they were honoring him, their pitchers threw a combined no-hitter. Um, there are all kinds of crazy facts. If you look up Tyler Skaggs game facts on Google, you'll find tons of lists of them. But one of the coolest ones was that uh, this was the first combined no-hitter thrown in the state of California since the day that Tyler Skaggs was born. Uh, the, the, the game got over just minutes before, uh, the time rolled over into the next day, which was his birthday. Uh, there were a lot of real cool, uh, really crazy coincidence facts about this game. Uh, it was wild to see. It was great to see all his teammates lay their number 45 jerseys on the mound in tribute to him after the game ended. Guys were crying and laughing and just, uh, it was a really powerful scene. So, the Angels combined no hitter in honor of their fallen teammate Tyler Skaggs was what I liked like this week. You like that? Yeah, I agree with you, Zach. I had a hunch we'd pick the same one because, after all, what else could it be? A terrific remembrance there in Anaheim for a teammate who was obviously well loved. That's it for us this week. We are completely out of time. I do want to thank you for being with us here on the Beyond the Game program, and please keep us in prayer. Pray for this radio ministry that God would use it in a mighty way and impact those who hear it. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold. 
and be great this week, everybody.